Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of When Shit Goes Wrong at Events with me, Freddie Sparrow. This is a podcast where we give listeners a backstage pass to the often unheard stories of event organising. Today, my guest is Johnny Edwards, the co-founder of Assembled Gala, which owns two of the largest music festivals in London, and co-founder of Raptor, the largest student marketing agency in the country. Johnny, welcome. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. We're here ultimately, you know, I want to hear a little bit about, about the highs of event organising and your biggest achievements to date, but, you know, then we'll go on to talk about, you know, when things go wrong. That's what I'm really yeah. interested to hear about. So, you know, in terms of biggest achievement, would you say so far to date in, in your promoting event organising? The biggest achievement by far is just Gala Festival, you know? Um, I was saying, you know, I got to that point at university where I was doing events that I didn't feel totally aligned with from an integrity perspective. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something that felt a little bit more important. I listened to this, like, I watched this film about Paradise Garage, which is a very famous club in New York. And the way that people were talking about this experience over like a 20 year period, that's what made me move to London because I wanted to have this like cultural impact where people had met partners, had met housemates, had made friends, had like had lived and created lives off the back of this thing in this like, you know, communion of, of people listening to, to music. I, I just felt like that whole idea was way more powerful than money or, you know, what, what I was currently doing at, at university or doing the student event. So, so I, you know, when I came down and, and started Gala, that was that was the clear cut ambition was to create something with serious integrity, and that and would a proper have brand in some proper ways. brand, yeah. you know, something that people would remember and a brand that stood for something that, that that we have values that you know what our identity is in terms of like what we bring, you know, the production level, like our curation, like it's it's chunky, it's tangible, you know what we're about, and you know I can talk you through different years. But like overall, my biggest achievement is just creating that thing. And like we had to, and I will, we'll talk about this, but like we it didn't start like that, you know? And like- <laughs> I and know. The ju- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and but but, but just, just for the listeners um, who don't have a, a clue what, what Gala Festival is and, and what it stands for and, and where it is today, yeah. can you just give us a quick, um, quick A to Z? Yeah, so- um, Musically, Gala is kind of rooted in the, the history of, of, of house music and disco. And that the first years, th- those were the bookings that we picked from that kind of roster of, of US talent. Um, you know, and furthermore, from there, we're now booking more contemporary artists that kind of still fit within that vein. But I think we're known massively for our production. Um, we started looking at festivals like Deck Mental. Really, we use Deck Mental as kind of the benchmark for festival production. and year on year we've we've reinvested to make sure that our stages are almost like mini clubs you know we have the pleasure dome which is kind of like it's uh, hot yeah it's, <laughs> hot, it's a hot sweaty like disco venue you know and we have um what is now the patio which is like an an outdoor house and techno beautiful minimalist structure we have i need to remember these stage names now as well um, we have the, the Wizard's Hat, which is the Do You tent, which is super intimate and like so community based. We have this like main stage moment, which is very expensive main stage <laughs> that 
Um, you know, we kind of have this like... So you're presumably fighting against usually. Yeah, <laughs> we have like a large outdoor arena, like you'll see it at many other shows, but it gives us the, the opportunity to do like, you know, big cap talent on there. So we have this like festival site where you can have like a moment with 6,000 people, a moment with 200 people, a moment with 1,000 people in a hot disco club or out on the terrace and... Um, we had this new stage, which we're going to call Lazos from next year. So I'm just going to call it Lazos for the, for the podcast, which is like a multi-level thing, super interesting. Like an amphitheater. It's, it's, it, the DJ's in the round and it's kind of on different levels. So like when you're looking across it, you have audience dancing. It, you know, it's just we, we start thinking about our stages in, in December and it's like a four or five month process. So, you know, we're known musically. It sounds as, like we already started thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, we're known for our, our musical curation. Giles and James do a fantastic job on that. We're known for our production value. Now Laura does that. I started doing that really and I handed over to her. And, you know, I think we're known for our values. We work with Dan, who's, um, who's really worked hard to make sure that the festival is, is good at heart, that we work with the local community, that we're diverse, that we're ensuring that there aren't incidents of, you know, people being creepy on site or there isn't any harassment. It's, it's a festival that I'm really, really proud of and I, uh, it's good at heart and it's, it's not, it's main aim is not commercial gain, you know? That is a byproduct of doing something really, really good. So yeah, that, that well, is- that's, it, that's, it, that's interesting because yeah, I used to, well, my little festival hijack, we got to 5,000 people, but we actually managed to, to make a profit every year and, 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 and which lot couldn't say they do, but we were sometimes tempted to cut costs to make, even more money and I, I used to say to my team no it's 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 it make something you would love to go to yourself yeah exactly and it's remarkable how the money follows if you all if you're if you're leading with the money argument and where can we make as much margin or, or, or whatever it's amazing how that then feeds yeah. through into, into there's a, into there's a, a level horrible. to that there isn't there yeah. because like when you are like a total purist you almost reuse that budget to make the experience better and better and better and never really see the fruits of your labor. No. You know, they talk about Michelin star restaurants, like the better you are, the less money you make, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, it's kind of been- It's uh, a hard balance. It's been, it's been like, yeah, a little, a little bit like that with us, you know, that the, the better we are, the less money we've made, some years we've made really good, some, you know, yeah, it's, it's it, I don't know. Overall, I look at it, I'm just really thankful that I managed to like carve a career out and that I'm, doing something that people respect and that, that I, I actually look at and I'm proud of. And I guess ultimately the numbers do the talking. And what are you, yeah. 12,000 people over three days? So 36,000 people. Yeah, yeah, so it's 12-ish a day. Yeah, I think this year we'll try and do about 37,000. We've kind of hit like, we love the site so much and we've hit this point now where- Peck and Rye. Can't grow it anymore on that site. So, you know, Unless the, unless the structure of the business changes, AKA if, if I'm no longer there and someone else comes in, I'm, you know, at this point I'm happy with this site and I don't want to push it too hard, you know? And that's an interesting point about, you say, you know, is there, is there life, is there a gala after Giles and, Giles and Johnny? And, and, and I guess the interesting part, what I particularly see and what I think why gala has been so successful is that it's fiercely independent and, and, and the care that you put into to every, every, everything, you know, and I think a lot of people who go to some of those more commercial day festivals in London, you know, you can tell it's a, it's a, it becomes a churn job and it goes yeah. a bit more back to like some of those nightclub nights that you were 
initially yeah. doing uh, Newcastle. So it's it, it's certainly a hard, hard hard balance to strike, really. Yeah. You could talk about the successes all day, and and I'd love to do that. But ultimately, what I'm here to do is talk about when when shit went really bad. <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> ever gone wrong, so it's all fine. Well, I know that's not true, John. But thanks for having me. The first car. <laughs> first, first gala. So so um, look, if if there was a well, I think if you could talk just a bit about, you know, the way you see the highs and lows of, of, of event organizing, because, you know, I've spoken about this before. It's there's 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 a huge downside to a lot of promoting event organizing. And often there's not much, much upside. You know, how, how, how do you. Yeah. How, how do you see the highs and lows? Is there more highs than lows? Yeah. Is there more lows than highs? Well, how yeah, you, yeah. So like. <laughs> The first four years, I think Giles's mum was probably constantly saying, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> just do something else. Because it was predominantly miserable for, like... And that's e- the first four, just for character, that's the first four years of you running Gala Festival. First three and a bit years. So, what, so when the, did you... It was 2015, 16? 2016, yeah. 16, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'll, I'll talk about the, the highs and lows before I talk about the real low, yeah? <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, I think, like... Yeah, you just, me and Giles were so emotionally tethered and bound to this event and this event's success in a really unhealthy way, you know? And, and only did I realize in the pandemic how much of my own like self-worth is attached to the festival, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so, and that's for both of us. Yeah. Um, so like when, <laughs> when that's the case and an event is like, at the mercy of weather or attendance or of anything, you'd li- your life is just like that, you yeah. know? And, um, and yeah, I think like, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, the lows kind of happen in the off season because it, you don't, when you're on an event, even if it's going really badly, you kind of have to put a brave face on and you just have to crack through it. <laughs> even if it's raining and, you know, and you know that you've been dreaming of this day for a year and it's, pretty miserable people are still kind of having a good time and you can't be there going well it's shit isn't it because it's rained <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. or like like johnny you've done this I'm like, it's crap you know <laughs> have you not seen the weather what are you talking about you yeah. should get if i was you i'd go home you well know? you've got to be a salesman ultimately exactly. you're, you're leading the charge at that but point. no you just you put a brave face on and then you think about it afterwards but obviously there are things that happen in the off season i lost a venue once you know we were at, at um at Brockwell Park for three years and I went into I won't mention any names I went into a very big events organization summer party in London and I met the owner and I felt like it was like a chance to get investment or something you know for me to try and take the event to the next level and maybe get a really established uh, events organization on board so I started telling him how great the festival was <laughs> and how amazing the site was I was in Brockwell Park I was like you want to see this site it's you can see London, it's beautiful. It's, and I went on and on and on. And at the end of it, he just went, cheers, and walked off. And I was like, that, that's weird, that's odd. And then I went to meet the council about a month later and they said, listen, Johnny, I'm really sorry, but um, we don't have space for you in the park anymore because we're now working with said operator. <laughs> so you'll have to find somewhere else. Oh. You know, You're so um, that that was a nightmare, and that was sad because I really liked the park. As I just told yeah, you, yeah. you know, you'd be still be there today. Do you think? No, no, no. Well, yeah, probably, but like, 
now that I know the other side, now that I mm. mean we've been in packing, but, but you'd, you'd, yeah, 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 I wouldn't have changed. But yeah. um, but no, that was stressful because your job's in the air. We don't know where we're going to be. Like you know, there's just so much uncertainty around it that um, that that was tough. So yeah, and there's there's loads of other things. Have you seen Artists him? Have you seen that guy? No, I have seen him, but I'll never mention it. I'll, yeah. I just that's one for me. Yeah. That's a lesson. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go. What well, did you do your that for? Keep your I might do the same. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, I just you know, um, there's loads of things. Artist cancellations and you know overspending and when toilet suppliers all of a sudden want fucking 30 grand as opposed to 10 grand like they did pre-pandemic. There's loads of things that are stressful, but. Yeah, it's those early years where you're, 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 you're insecure in the role because you're trying to forge a career in this brand and it's just so precarious that we don't know whether it's going to exist or not. And that's, that's the tough stuff. Yeah. So, which leads me on to 2016. Yeah, so I'm, year one. Yeah. Year one, Gali. You'd be, I used to look at, you know, and just, just on, on the cha challenges and how it, I used to think that, Festival day was a bit like Christmas day. It's almost like waiting for Christmas day. Yeah. You know, is it going to snow? What presents am I going to get? You yeah. know, and that can be, it can really play on your emotions a bit if you're ruminating about all these things. Yeah. For, for pretty, okay, you might, for pretty much 12 months in, 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 in yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you, you, you 2016, you had what, a, a year's lead up? To I've let, I've, so I've, I've I was, I was seeing someone in London at the time. I started coming down to London more and more. My heart was here. I wanted to be here. You know, I sold everything that I had in Newcastle. I, I sold everything, you know, including my businesses, my car, whatever. I had just enough capital to, to set this event up. I didn't know I was going to set the event up until about eight months after I'd been in London. And I told you that earlier that I'd built this kind of student thing, you know, and, and I, I passed it on. I passed one of my events on to Giles, who's my business partner now. And Giles Napier. Yeah, Giles, Giles, Giles Napier, Giles. yeah. Um, and he'd done such a good job. I mean, this particular night was amazing when me and Rick run it, and then we passed it on to a few other people. It started to dwindle, and Giles took it, and all of a sudden we were having queues out of the Life Centre. People in Newcastle will know what that is. Uh, all the way around the corner. It was, it was, you know, it was crazy again. So I... I wanted a business partner because it's a, this is a really lonely place to be, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're not doing this with someone, it's very tough. And I just thought Giles was the one that, 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 you know, did something really special in Newcastle after I left. So I think he was working for a soft drinks brand at the time. We started the business like out of a pub, a few meetings. And um, before you know it, he's left his job. So now I'm like, shit, <laughs> fuck. Johnny, <laughs> I need a salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, he's my business partner, so you know <laughs> he gets a salary when I get a salary. Yeah. Yeah? Um, and um, we'd been doing clubs, and I just had this naivety. I was like, it's the same. I know how to build a brand, and I know how to excite people about something, so I know how to sell tickets. And the rest of it is just like, you know, people will serve them drinks, and DJs will play. And yeah. It's Bob's a bit like a club. It's a exactly. Play, yeah. Bob's your <laughs> uncle. We walk away. We've created something fun, you know, and yeah. we've got a career out of it. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> yeah, I started the process. I mean, I was, because I had no money, I literally had like, you know, I started with like, yeah, 25, 30K or something. And I was telling people that I had way more. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, I, I, was, I was hard on suppliers. And I was booking things and I was like, 
you know, they were like, it's going to be five grand for you. So I was like, I've got 500 quid. You know, they were like, oh, we'll send this money. to I was like, that's fine. <laughs> you know? And I remember like the security cost down here. I was like, well, I, you know, that's rubbish. I, I'm not going to pay that. I know these guys have been Doncaster that'll do this for way cheaper. They'll come down on the train and yeah. exactly. that, they'll be fine, you know? And, um, yeah, you a know, door is a door after all. I was it? like, yeah. bar operator, you know, that'll be sweet. And I met this guy who was like, he's like, I can't personally do it, but I'll give some people a little sh I was like, sweet, good. You know, you can't be there, but you've got your eye over it. That sounds all right to me. Get him in, you know? Then his wife, he did this partner at the time, he was like, she was like, what you need to do is you need to use this thing called RFID. And to everyone events, you'll know that that is basically like, you pay up front, you load it onto a wristband, and then you spend that money. And then she was like, it's great, because you get overage and all these things, and there's all this data, you know? And I was like, oh, that sounds good. You know, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't know, so I'm just saying kind of yes to people at this point. And, um, there's a lot of people that want you to say yes to them in any yeah. industry, you know, because they're getting business Particularly out of Particularly in, in, in a startup. There's when, a lot of people, know, yeah, that yeah, want to service startups. Predatory in some ways. Predatory. So, yeah. It was totally predatory. So anyway, roll on the day of the event. <laughs> you know, I drive <laughs> you, up. Because sales had gone well, hadn't they? Sales had gone really well. Yeah, we sold out, you know. It's two and a half thousand? Two and a half thousand-ish, yeah. yeah. I can't remember, maybe three. So it was small, you know, but but still it was... No, it was but big. that's year one. It's the biggest know. event we'd done today. Yeah, the, you exactly. know, the, we'd done 1,500 people. We've, we've had it's no mean feat to just walk into London yeah. and sell 2,500 tickets. So event day rolls on, the weather's all right. And me and Giles have been crying about the weather for three weeks. Not thinking, weirdly, not even thinking about, like, the important things at the event. Just crying about the weather. And just being like so emotionally bound. Checking the no, literally like it's, like, it's going to rain, it's fucked. It's, you it's you over. find a forecast that suits your narrative. Yeah, you have to, and then start pumping that out. <laughs> Honestly, it was like we were just promoting Weatherfest. Like it was constant <laughs> updates of the weather. Like, and we should have been all organizing the event. You know, cut to event day. I drive up, I think I'm ace. I'm driving through the park because I can, because I'm renting it. And that said security company that I've got from Doncaster are warming up, right? <laughs> And I mean like warming up. They're like, they're like, <laughs> they're like doing roundhouse kicks. And I'm like, hey. That's what you do. You know, and I, I don't need to tell you the type of audience that are turning up to this oh festival in Brockwell Park that's like a bunch of ex-uni students. So these guys are warming up for, you know? I'd say 95% I'd say of them were cage warriors, easily. And everything else was okay, you know? I looked around, it seemed all right. Toilets were there. There wasn't a lot of them, but the toilets were <laughs> they there. They arrived. Yeah. The bar situation. There was a few bales kicking around. Yeah, there was a lot of hay bales. Bar situation. You know, they seemed to be getting like set up okay. But anyway, people started to arrive, and it's bank holiday Sunday, so it's the payday weekend, and people Early are just May. yeah May, yeah May one, people yeah. are just turning up and they're using the RFID and they're loading just cash on, and I mean like you know, just throwing it at this. And I'm really, I can't even take it. Because you probably used a 20 quid yeah. and ten, take tenner out up in yeah, Newcastle yeah. and you weren't running the bars, were you? And really? people were putting 50 quid on and that's yeah. a lot to me back then. That was, yeah. I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah. 50 pounds, yeah. this is crazy. What the hell's going on anyway? Yeah. All of them throwing money at this RFID thing. And, you know, I'm walking around the event. It feels good. It's got a good vibe. It's exactly kind of how I imagined it. But then it got to like five o'clock where last entry, everyone's in. And I think it's perfect at this point. 
and I'm in the sort of tent and I go out and I see some guy walking out and he just goes, this is fucking shit. He shouts that. <laughs> and I'm like, is it? He's looking all right. And I go over to the bar and my, my friends are going, just please give me a drink. Please <laughs> give me, and I'm like, shit. I go back to them, I was like, guys, I think there's a bit of a problem at the, the bars. And I'm hearing over security, the Doncaster guys. The Doncaster guys are like attacking people and like people are urinating. I think someone defecated, I think I know a few people defecated in the woods bit because there was no toilets. So, so there was no, there was only, no, there, there was, was a handful of toilets. There was 10. Yeah. It was yeah. 10 <laughs> toilets. So, what essentially I'd done is I'd, I'm really giving the honest account of this story. <laughs> What essentially I'd done is I'd locked people in a cage in the park and taken all their money off them beforehand <laughs> and put them in a cage with no bars and no Boom. toilets, you know? Yeah. And uh, obviously they'd been drinking before. So anyway, um, it just unfolded in quite a savage way. And, you know, it wasn't funny. I, I can joke about it now, it wasn't funny. And obviously none of this was our intention. None no, of this. No, like. No. We, we wanted to throw a really good event. We booked amazing artists, but ultimately we were, we were caught and we were found out. But in, you in did experience. your SAG meeting. So safety, for, for the listeners who don't know what a SAG meeting is, it's a safety advisory group, yeah. which is where you need to go and pitch your plan to the council to say that how you're going to run it. Yeah, but I'd so, also employed a company from Leeds and I'm not saying anything about that. I'm from Leeds, <laughs> you know, and I, I'd employed a company who, who I knew from Leeds who were a bit cheaper, but also they weren't bound to the parks in London. Like a lot of the production companies down here have good relationships with them and they don't come and do bad events because it would affect everything else. You know, you, mm. they, the, sooner or later, the rest of the boroughs would find out. Anyway, you know, the, the event was what I felt professionally put together and it, and it wasn't. And, um, you know, cut to like six o'clock, me and Giles are in Tesco's ordering, buying like all of the, the vodka because we've run out of alcohol. I'm like semi, I'm not crying just yet, but I'm about to, you know? Yeah. And um, the woman's like, you guys having a party? Cause there's so much vodka there. We're like, sort of. Um, and we go, we go back, we start, you know, restocking the bars, the situation's getting worse. You can see people getting dragged out, you know, people are just not happy. A bunch of people, for some unknown reason, weren't that bothered about the drink situation and were just dancing and having an amazing time, you yeah, know? Yeah. Those Tens, it does happen sometimes those, at the, music festivals. Those, yeah. those people were fine, so yeah. that's half, you know? But there was a half the people that were, that were not happy, and then we were panned on social media, you know, like after it was just when social media, you'd started to, you know, to be able to do this to events. And it was a good thing, really. Um, Creates a bit of accountability. Yeah, exa exactly. <laughs> totally. And that, you know, there hasn't been much. And there's loads of stories about events predating social media that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there was a newspaper in Brixton called the Brixton Buzz. And the next day they, their headline was Gala, the worst festival ever, question mark, you know? <laughs> And I saw it, I was like, probably. It's pro out there. Probably yeah. was. Good, I do, good journalism. I do, I do remember going on, I think it was Facebook was the main, the main, the main social media, wasn't it, at that time? And just the comments underneath, it was a, it was yeah. a barrage. And I think- Barrage of abuse, yeah. yeah. And I, and I think I, you, you, you replied to every single one of them. Yeah, no, you? I did. Well, I went, I, I went out for, for pizza with my girlfriend and, and her friend and her, her partner the next day. And I left the table four times because I was taking calls. People were like pissed off. And one guy was like, you know, I was put in a headlock, I passed out by the security, you know. And I, I felt, 
Yeah, I felt awful. I'm feeling oh awful. I've employed these cage warriors <laughs> to just essentially beat people up in a cage. It was their home turf, you know? Yeah. Uh, what did they what did I expect? Yeah. Um no, so um seriously, we everyone was like Oh god, nice try, you know. Yeah. Sorry that it's and it really hurt. And did you yeah, did, you know, what, but, I mean, did you nearly was that nearly you saying Yeah, that's no, no, it? There was me and of, me and Giles sat in his car. You say we've bitten we, off more than we can chew. Yeah, we, we cried. We cried and and I don't know, you know, fortunately, we actually had the capital to do it again, you know, through like semi-ill-gotten gains. We offered everyone a, a free ticket to the next year, you know. And, um, but everyone was saying to us, are you going to change the name of this event? And um, what are you going to change it to? You know, obviously you're going to change it because you fucked up so badly. Well, what, there was the one, of the, one of the best nicknames was Q-Fest. Yeah, Q-Fest. Q-Fest 16. Yeah, I mean, it was, there was, there was, oh, there was loads of crazy comments, you know, mm. but, um, but yeah, we, me and Giles made the, the decision to like avidly say no to any idea. If you change the name of your festival, then you're a fraud. Then yeah. you're basically saying you're okay with what you did and that you're gonna give it the, the, uh, another name. And now look, I've told you that it was bad. It was bad, but some people had a really good time because part of what we do was, was, was good, you know? They were just like the, 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 the actual, the basics weren't there. Um, I think by the last, I, I, I remember you released, uh, you you were very sort of um, down to, to what sort of, there we was put a statement of humility, out. you put no, a statement no, out. We, yeah. we, put, we put a statement out, we owned up to everything. We It was us, I, I, everything that I've just told you, I, I didn't tell with, you know, yeah. the sort of, the, 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 the funny side of it, because it wasn't funny at the time, but we wanted to be accountable. We offered everyone a ticket to the next year, and, you know, we, we wanted to keep the same name and, and tell people that, we mean well, I know what we're going to do with this. I just felt it. And um, weirdly, like half the people that, and it was, there, was, there was probably like 500 compla email complaints and we responded to every single one. And I said to Giles, we have an opportunity here to, to make a customer for life because I know we're gonna pull this back and I know that they're gonna enjoy going on this journey. They didn't enjoy that, but you know, part of them will, will be bought in now to see yeah, how this yeah. goes on telling you loads of those people from 2016 still come today and they're the first people to buy tickets, you know, eight years on. Yeah. Um, you did, well, it was quite amusing. You made, I think, a, a video afterwards and, and you said it's taken weeks, but we've eventually managed to create a video without a cue in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of editing. Yeah, there was a lot of editing to make it look good. <laughs> exactly. No, I, re I remember my second music. The well, second you, you, time. you're close to Giles, so you know how much it hurt us. Oh, and I know, you know, my my second year of Hijacks, my music festival, we didn't have anywhere near as much balm. And I mean, the queues were two hours long to get a drink. I was having to drive into Exeter in a in a white van to buy. I literally said to the Tesco, "Can I have every our, our head of bar, the head bar lady, insisted on pulling pints?" And we said, "Okay, fine." But we then I was like, "The only way we're going to get this quicker is cans." So I went into Tesco in Exeter and I said, can I have every single can of beer you yeah. have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they looked yeah. at me as though I was oh, totally big party. mad. Big yeah. party, yeah. yeah. And they up and went back. But yeah, it's just, I remember, on those, when the shit is hitting the fan sort of thing, you sort of, I don't know whether 
you definitely don't really eat, I remember specifically, yeah. on, on the whole day of not eating. And you, you're walking around this festival thinking, oh my God. And your heart rate is up like yeah, this. Well, and you're just hoping nothing like of the worst yeah, happens, sure. really. Yeah. You know, like, the thing about obviously, it is you there's can't... a few funny stories, but if somebody dies or gets badly injured, that's yeah. when it, you know, you really struggle yeah. to, you know, you, yeah. to come back from that, really, yeah. don't you? you, you so you, you count you, yourself a bit lucky in some ways. You can't do anything about it, really. And this is the, the hardest part for me whilst that process was ongoing, and it was truly painful the whole afternoon, was that I couldn't change it, yeah. you know? And I couldn't do much about it apart from just be there and try and get some more alcohol on site and stuff and try and get some more staffing. But Did you go and talk to the head of security and say you've got to calm down? Yeah, I think like at that stage, you know, that, you know I'm not over ops. I'm not, I'm, I'm not operation. So that yeah. would have been done by health and safety team. They, they yeah. probably did do that. But yeah. also, as we know, this was in these guys' DNA and they were, they were <laughs> built for that, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to... Or, or, or no they, one jumped in, that's for sure. <laughs> they, were, they were ready, yeah. yeah. But, um, but no, look. But what do you, the, you know, when you've got those uncertainties, yeah, what do you... How do you try and, you know, maintain an element of, of calmness? Because you are still running the day to say, okay, there's the security and the health and safety. See, team, but, uh, look, on, on that day, on that day, I couldn't, you know, and, yeah, I, and I went and I went and, and I started walking around just aimlessly, you know, and, yeah. and that, that was painful, you know. Now, uh, you know, in my place of work, when I'm live at an event, not much gets to me, you know, I'm kind of like, expecting the worst always i'm ready for the worst and i'm ready to like solve problems you know and we run a professional outfit with professional people um so you know the, the, there is no reason to to kind of do what i was doing in 2016 which is like yeah, yeah i didn't i but didn't do have the answers think, i think you, you we were talking about this when when we had lunch i think you said you know it was like the steepest learning curve without luckily something going yeah, yeah. catastrophically long that you could have possibly put yourself through. And it's not to say, you, you know, you wouldn't, you can't deliberately put yourself yeah. in that situation yeah. really, can you? So yeah. obviously, you know, look where we're at today. We, we've got um, an event that will do 35,000 people. It's really well respected. We Sick. might have some site shares either side of that, which will take this site to 45,000. Um, you know, on the new program on Southwark, I'm hoping to maybe do something like six event days, close to 50,000 people. So almost 100,000 admits this year across two parks. I guarantee you I would never be anywhere close to this now if it hadn't have been for that, that year. You know, everything I needed to learn, not everything, but a lot of the stuff that I needed to learn about the live event space happened to me in one year on a small scale. Yeah. You know, it didn't happen like Fire Festival on a global scale, you know. And by the way, prison, by know. the way, watching that for me was like genuinely traumatic. <laughs> yeah, genuinely, I mean, because it wasn't like, and I know it was probably traumatic for everyone, but for me, it was a lived experience. When he's like on his quad bike driving around, yeah. I'm like, I know where you're Billy, at, Billy McFarlane, we're going to get you on this show one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I came off the back of that being like, well, supplier auditing. Yeah. Know yeah. everyone who you work with. Yeah get the references, understand if they're a bit more expensive, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know? I have way too many toilets. Yeah. I always have so much more toilets than I need. At mm. one point, you know, at Gala, we it's had- now Loofest rather than Q-Fest. Yeah, exactly, yeah. it's Loofest. <laughs> at one point at Gala, I had a hundred meter bar. Yeah. I don't know why, but it was just obviously <laughs> deep, <laughs> deep rooted paranoia, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, it, 
It's just we're now a professional outfit that I, I look at events in a way that I never want to feel like that again, yeah. ever. And I will never let it. And I will never let budget get in the way of, of that. I will never not spend in certain areas because I know that, that feeling like that is, is not where I want to be, you know? Yeah. And I, I want to do stuff that I'm proud of. That was always the intention, but yeah, boy, we learn and we yeah. learn a lot, you know? And, and, and if you were, you know, because like I, I, I did say, not many people are going to be able to go through that such learning on the job, intense process so quickly as you guys. You know, what if you had some words of advice for some budding promoters, event organisers who want to, whether it be getting into, you know, any types of events, because a lot of the challenges are the same, yeah. You know, it might be what someone might be more likely to die at a music festival rather than a, a conference, but you know, all of yeah. the, the supplier stuff. What what words of advice have you got for 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 budding promoters, organizers, yeah. would you say? Well I think in the live event in the in the festival space, like it's so important to be professional. It's so important to work with, you know, the right suppliers, the correct suppliers and do things properly because And but where do you go I mean, you know, so yeah, where, how, how do you know what the correct supplier is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we... You know, we you thought, thought the correct yeah, so, guy was in, in, yeah, up in so What happened with us is that, you know, we could clearly promote. Yeah, that was never yeah. in doubt. So, you know, so even though we had that bad year, people came to us who, you know, you, you sat down with, they were eBosh, they had the correct, you know, qualifications. They they sat down with us and, and, and told us almost. It was a guy called Nick Morgan from We Are The Fair. You know, he's, he's a, a, a large spokesperson in the event space. He kind of saved our business a little bit, you know? So I've got a lot to be thankful for with him. Um, and, and he kind of introduced us to the right suppliers. I was, I was lucky there. So it's getting an operations person what I did was I, in he, as early as you can. What I did was I, I identified that we needed to have proper advisors <clears throat> And I offered a non-exec director role to someone that was kind of like, you know, a, a real senior person in the, in the industry across the UK. And that's been the difference for us, you know. He had a small amount of equity, which yeah. we later bought off during a, a, a fundraising round. But, um, you know, Nick, Nick has, 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 has kind of laid the, the pathway really for us to do like professional events. And yeah. I think that if you, if you are looking to do this, make sure you can sell tickets, you know. A lot of people want to do this as like a vanity project or like, you know, like it, it shouldn't be that because you'll never really enjoy the day as much as you think you're going to do anyway because it's stressful, yeah. you know. You're not uh, getting pissed with your mates. It's not yeah. that. <laughs> and if you are, you're going to fuck up, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, get, get, look at someone who's doing it really well and try and get them to be like a mentor of yours um, and make sure you can sell tickets because if you don't, you're going to get financially really badly burnt. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, we've never been, um, in fact, yeah, we... <laughs> I mean, we sold some tickets for rally, but obviously this year we, we got rained off, so we got we got uh, quite quite badly financially burnt. But yeah. selling tickets has never been our problem. Touch wood. Yeah. Um, so just work with work with good people, and I would try and find a, a mentor in the space. Would be yeah. my my advice. And is there anything that does still keep you up at night? You know, what are your main worries to do with the events that you run today? Because you're doing some club nights, aren't you, and stuff down here you know. what used to keep me up at night was like more positive stuff you know more about um stage design and thinking about you know curating the space and and like the intricacies of how someone is going to enjoy the experience that i'm putting on yeah. there are there are certain pressures now like from a more commercial sense that are 
have been driven by the pandemic, uh, which which are just costs have been expiring. Uh, spiraling. Obviously, we know we're in such an inflationary period. Yeah. That's putting a lot of pressure on us. Um, we're in this kind of unique scenario where, because of like because of where wages are at, that they're not they're not they're not growing in line with inflation. Yeah. So we can't push on the the increased cost of our suppliers to our ticket purchases. Yeah, it's a double, so, it's a exactly, so it's kind of doing that, you know? We're, we're keeping the tickets the same through inflation, that's actually yeah. getting smaller, but our supplies, supplies are going And people's buying up. power is getting less, exactly. isn't it? And your exactly. costs are going up. So we're, we're, in, we're in, I always think from a perspective of just protecting the event. It's not like I'm like, oh, we're not going to make thousands, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm just like, I want to make sure we do the event and we can do this for years and years and years. Yeah. So that's, and of course, insurance pays a huge... Yeah, massively. You know, yeah, you know that you've 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 helped me already this year with with one claim. So, by Vento, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, just you you touched on the pandemic. I mean, how how did that how did that affect you? What was you know, and how, and how do you think it affected the sort of events world? Yeah, well, there's two sides to this. There's like the personal side, and then there's kind of the business side. And I think the personal side. You know, I talked to you about how you know, I went to Newcastle, I wanted to make a name for myself and all this and and how, you know, intrinsically my own self-worth was attached to the success of my events. And when that was cancelled, you know, and we were going virtual and everything was, you know, people were, were, were really saying that like the live event space may never come back or that we were going to consume events in a different way. Everything that I'd built, my whole career was based on this yeah. and that was a quite a it's all you knew it's all i knew yeah. so for me to not have that or the potential of losing that was was quite dark and uh yeah i went into a, a space where I, I think i lost completely all my self-esteem struggling to have meetings you know well, of course you couldn't because you're such a face-to-face person yeah. you know i know you quite well you and i agree with you i think face-to-face yeah. is so important and, and there was all that sort of separation of course yeah. and your whole your whole livelihood was built on that you couldn't run gala on virtually I mean. yeah I just, I just i just i just think i became a bit of a shell of a person really during that period which i'm probably still recovering from today but but actually there's a better version of myself that's come out of that for sure but it was bad man i mean we went to i remember we went to uh puglia james and giles myself and ellie uh on a little venue scouting mission we were looking at doing uh, a festival out there for a bit. And then James had asked me to like, he said, we were like, buying breakfast and I looked at the Leon board and I just couldn't make a decision. I was like there for 10 minutes and I was almost having a, you know, I was, I was gone, you know? So like, and I think a lot of people in my sector were, you know, it yeah, was, it was yeah. tough. I struggled to have meetings, I, I struggled to present. I, I just struggled, for me, business as usual was, was, uh, was a tough place to be, but I'm resilient. And I'm driven, you know, and um, we started to plan, you know, our, our comeback. And it was obviously... Really, it was a moving goalpost. Yeah, yeah. I was working out when to, to launch Vento. And, I, you know, an event insurance business in the middle of COVID is not, probably not a very good well, idea. Obviously I was trying to wait the, until yeah. the, the end, which was similar to you. You wanted to get Gala back out the door quickly once the cloud lifted of, yeah. of the pandemic. But it was impossible to try and predict it because an Omnicron came yeah. and then another thing, you know. So d- tell us a bit about how you how you got back on the horse, basically. Yeah. Well, 
I knew the first one out of the blocks would win. So um, I was determined to, to do that at whatever cost. And a lot of people waited. They, they, they actually, so let me just try and work out the calendar. 2020 was the COVID year. Yeah, two big lockdowns. Did events come back in 2021? Hold on. Yeah. We only had one year out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did. Okay, fine. Yeah, exactly. So 2020 was the year of the pandemic and we started to think about live events again. And obviously we were all listening to those weird, weird 5 p.m. things that were going on, <laughs> yeah. whatever it was. I can't remember. It feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah. Just been like bewildered with presentations constantly. Yeah, exactly. charts, here's every... the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My dad would be absolutely, you know, he'd be fixed. It's like, oh, another 253,000 deaths. Yeah, no. they were just, Dad, turn it off. Addicted for a weirdly <laughs> yeah. weird time. And it was the only thing to do in the day, wasn't yeah, it? No, exactly. Leading up to the, the 5 p.m. Yeah, exactly. But, um, Get the kettle on at 10 yes, to. Yes, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I, I said, as I said, I, I knew the first one out of the blocks would, would win and would do well. But a lot of people in 2021, because they got so badly burnt in 2020, didn't want to take the risk in 2021. You know, I'm talking about large music yeah. festivals now, you know, and we all know that to do a music festival, it can take a year. To put the production together, it can take four or five months, you know. So if I was going to do it, I don't know, I was going to have to compress like four or five months worth of work to four weeks. Yeah. But you can do it. Yeah. You know, it's going to be problematic. It's going to yeah. be really tough. But also I know that I've been burnt before, so I kind of know where to look out for. Uh, so that, that experience really yeah, helped, yeah, that yeah. year one experience really helped you being hustling hard yeah. during that period yeah, yeah. to get back on the horse after COVID. So I'd... I mean, look, I can't remember the dates now, but let, yeah. let's, let's just say it went something like this. I think we were in July. We, our usual date is May, right? So we clearly already knew that was not going to happen. But we were just saying to people, we're going to let you know, we're going to let you know. Because it doesn't matter. I know that when we say this is a date, yeah. everyone's going to come. It's not like everyone's got holidays and everything. Exactly. They're just at home no, exactly. waiting around. So we just waited and waited and waited. And I don't know what... I, I just... I, I think they're starting to... There started to be a change in the messaging. And I think the date was the 26th of July, something like that, you know. And we just, we went Because September it. must have been quite tempting as well, because- Well, of, everyone was going, right. Yeah. All the other promoters were going the back end of summer. Yeah, yeah. And I never want to do what everyone else is doing anyway, you know. Yeah. I just want to, I'm going to go for it. So yeah. we went for the 26th of July and I feel like I really want to check my dates here, but yeah, we. <laughs> We, we went for, for that date and we essentially put half a million quid you know, on red or black. Because these, if you remember- so You weren't getting pandemic were, insurance at that point as well. <laughs> no, we weren't. You, you, were, you weren't able to do it, exactly. No one was insuring for that. But, um, and if you remember rightly, Boris was saying a date, a tentative date and delaying it. Yeah, yeah. So it had already happened. It's like hooking us in with it and that, yeah. So you would once you set your stall out, because remember that we had to book all these artists as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, so luckily they weren't doing a hell of a lot at the time. So. Exactly. <laughs> I think we rearranged a couple of times. Yeah. But anyway, we put half a million down the line because we now have to commit to suppliers and say like we're doing it. They yeah. want to book you in. 
you can't just turn around the week before and say, you know, we, it's a four or five week lead time. Yeah, yeah. So we went for it. And, um, and then we got the news that it would be open in time. It was a week before. So what had happened was there was a couple of trial events as well. If you oh, remember, yeah. There's a couple of trial events. I don't know what the trial events were. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's see if you guys can party. It was like a postcode lottery to yeah. see if you could go to one of these trial events. Let's see if you guys know how to club. Like, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I think we're all right, yeah. yeah, I, think, yeah. I think we now had to stand around and drink and dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They haven't gone totally mad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it was to do with the transmission, but, um, yeah. but anyway, they were all good. And, and Gala happened. And when we released tickets for it, bear in mind, it was three days. No, it was two days. And we had about 80,000 people in the queue. Because it was like, the, it was the first festival out of the blocks in London. So you hadn't sold the tickets? No. No. Because we were changing the date yeah, all the time. Yeah, 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 you can't yeah, yeah. do that. You can't, you can't yeah. change the date on tickets without yeah. having to refund. Yeah. So <laughs> we had about 80,000 people in the queue. And we sold out and, and people were livid, the ones that didn't get tickets. So we added another day, you know? Yeah. We went from one day, I was gonna do two days in 2020, did two days in 2021, added another day in 2021. So by the end of it, by taking that risk, I'd gone from one day in 2019 to three days. And yeah. we were a big event now, and then we were established, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you always have to take a risk, you know? Yeah. With it. And that was a bit, that was a- It's it, the resilience to- Yeah, it was, a cal it was a calculated one, but it's one that's paid off and, um, and thankfully, because because of that, we've had the funds to to really push on yeah. with the festival, the production, the level of talent. You know, we're now competing with like festivals that are owned by Live Nation and AG. Yeah. These are billion pound companies. You yeah. know, we're competing from a basis of me selling my car. You know, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to get going. So yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's an amazing story. And 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 just Johnny, it's been great. And and we, we'll wrap up in a minute but you know just in terms of goals for the next year what does the next 12 months look like for yeah well for you guys over at, at gala we've just launched rally festival in in suffolk park which uh, i really love i love everything that that event stands for and um i, I love what we're doing there and we we had a tough year this year because of the rain we had a named storm storm anthony we spent a huge amount of money on that event, and um, you know, obviously, you know, because we've, we've got something we've ongoing got some at the moment, you know, with claims, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, my ambition is to really kind of establish that. It's still in that kind of precarious point where it's a fledgling brand and yeah. it's getting going. It's got a fan base, but um, I, I want to see that have a fantastic year. Um, I always just want Gala to to do what we do safely, without you know anyone getting hurt or anything and and um and just just we push on we we do lit we make little improvements each year now you know yeah, in yeah. in a, in a fine tuning exactly in a yeah. responsible way people know what they're getting from us and i want to make sure they get that plus a few surprises but we're not trying to reinvent the wheel really yeah and and a few club nights as well at pickle factory yeah Friday we've night. just taken on the the club at the moment which is um yeah it's it's uh the day-to-day -day thing's different, you know? Um, and we're looking at maybe doing a large refurb on that nightclub in January, so um, that'll be going through licensing. Get some proper losing. Yeah, <laughs> always with the toilets, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Good fun. and The um, coffee was nice. Yeah, it was. I look forward to, yeah, the, the years <laughs> ahead. <laughs>